Today on The Faction, we recap an absolutely historic Survivor Series. The NWA has seemingly found a home and AEW presents a new tournament. All of that and more today on The Faction. What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I am your man, Gerard Bonner. Woo! What a Thanksgiving week. (laughs) Holy cow. It was absolutely massive, and there's a lot to tell you guys about. But first, I want to say thank you, as I always do, for your continued support of all things connected to the faction. Shout out to all of you who are supporting us in all the ways that you are, whether it is listening to this podcast, by subscription to the podcast and all of the spaces, by following us on the socials at The Faction Show, whatever way you're supporting, we really appreciate it. And if you check all of those boxes, I hope a star is added to your crown and something really amazing happens for you. I really, really appreciate it. My good buddy, Josiah Williams, who is a friend of ours, you've heard him here on our show before, put out a very interesting tweet yesterday, and he said, this is going to be a banner week for wrestling podcasts. You better believe it, and I want to make sure that you guys hear from us here at The Faction. So let me just also say this, which I think is really important. You know, I try to explain my absences. You know, there's been a lot, and I do mean a lot, going on, and I'll probably front end this and then back end this with some of the things that are going on in some of the spaces that you can find me. This month has been a very interesting month. As you may or may not remember, at the top of the month, I had an opportunity to debut with All Caribbean Wrestling in Montego Bay, Jamaica for Mo Bay Bash, and that is available on the YouTube page for All Caribbean Wrestling. Had an opportunity to work with Caprice Coleman for that, and that was absolutely Amazing. I was scheduled to be at IWE about a week or so ago, and then just an unbelievable emergency surgery had to happen. I won't get into all the details, but just know I am okay. I am back. I am good. Things got a little scary for a bit, but I'm good. I am good, and I am raring to go. So with that said, December is going to be a very busy month. You'll find me in a few places. You'll find me this Friday at Ashe Wrestling. That's December the 1st, and I'll give you more information about that throughout the show. Then on December the 8th, I will be with Southern Honor Wrestling, of course, the home team, as I like to call us. And then the weekend of the 15th and the 16th, I will be again with All Caribbean Wrestling. All sorts of information coming out about all of those things. So be on the lookout, and if you're able to get to any or all of these events, by all means, please do. And then in January, we'll be back with IWE in Augusta, Georgia. Okay, so there's a lot happening and there are other things that are going on that we'll make you aware of uh, at the right time. But now is the time to have the conversation 
about obviously what many of you want us to talk about, and that is the Survivor Series. I saw all of your notes. I saw all of your comments, and I appreciate you being so active. And you know we are going to add our two cents to what the wrestling space is talking about. So we're going to start right with the Survivor Series. I'm not going to make you wait because you probably won't pay attention to whatever else I tell you in anticipation for Survivor Series conversation. I do want to say, though, stick around for the entire show because we are going to be talking about some of the latest happenings with the NWA. Something very quietly happened with them and what AEW is up to right now as we're barreling toward the end of the year. But the Survivor Series considered one of the big four for WWE. It is the second longest reigning WWE premium live event, second only to WrestleMania in terms of length. This premium live event began back in 1987, and many are making the argument that we may have seen the best presentation of the Survivor Series yet. So if you haven't already seen the Survivor Series, I'm going to share some results with you. It may feel like spoilers, but by now, if you haven't seen it, you probably already know the results. If not, and you don't want to hear anymore, press pause, go watch the Survivor Series, and then come back. If you don't care, if you've already seen it, just keep listening. So there were only five matches for the Survivor Series, but one thing that Triple H proved to us during the NXT TakeOver days He can make five matches worth our while, and he did just that. It started with the women's war games match, and it saw Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Shotzi defeat Damage Control. Then we had Gunther successfully defend the Intercontinental Championship against The Miz, defeating The Miz by submission. In an incredible match, Santos Escobar defeated Dragon Lee. Then Mommy, that is Rhea Ripley, defeated Zoe Stark to retain the Women's World Championship. And then in the main event, Cody Rhodes, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and the returning Randy Orton defeated the Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. Oh yeah, and then a certain CM Punk returned at the very end of the show. So let's talk about takeaways and kind of the big pieces of news here. First of all, every match here delivered. I thought it was brilliant that War Games bookended the show as it should. The women's War Games match was insane. Absolutely insane. Recently, one of my wrestling friends, her name is Haven Rain, she put out a great post asking the question, which is more important? a five-star match or storyline. And a brief side note, one of the coolest things that I think has happened for me in, in the world of pro wrestling is getting to meet these great content creators, you know, these other wrestling personalities, meeting them virtually and or in person is just wonderful. It's amazing to have this community that exists out there. And of course, many of you are part of that community and I'm grateful for you. But the reason I go back to that particular question from Haven is because I think the Survivor Series detailed and chronicled that concept perfectly. All of these matches had great stories connected to them. And in the War Games matches where there were multiple people, there were multiple layered storylines that were happening. 
And those things make a massive difference. And so, yeah, from the start, it was incredible. You look at the women's War Games match. There were multiple levels of tension. The tension between damage control. Would Bailey continue to remain as somewhat the leader of this organization? Could she coexist with a Kyrie Sane, who she's responsible for eliminating from WWE? The wars that have happened between Bailey and Asuka. Very interesting times for sure. And knowing that Asuka, I would imagine, still wants her hands on the WWE Women's Championship. On the other side of the coin, you've got Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, who have both been in wars with Bianca and each other. And then Shotzi, who honestly is happy to be here and happy to get in this conversation and mentioned with these incredible women. And she too has issues with damage control. What a match. Absolutely brutal. All of the layers to this were wonderful. During the middle of the match, you have Charlotte and Becky make amends. And yeah, it was just, it was just fantastic. Bailey, I really think is the MVP. And I think Bailey totally deserves her flowers. EO Sky's crazy move off the top of the cage once again, a throwback to what she did in the NXT War Games match that she was involved in. Oh gosh, just, just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Then of course, Gunther, his match with The Miz. I know there are some who are not fans of Gunther. Some feel like he's too plain, he's not entertaining enough, etc., etc. I think Gunther is a great palate cleanser compared to some of the levels of entertainment that we can get in WWE. He is a throwback, no questions asked. And when I say a throwback, he's a throwback to the foundational pillars of the WWE that predate Hulk Hogan. You're talking about a Bruno San Martino. You're talking about, you know, those those tough guys who really helped to make WWE then WWF foundational to allow for a Hulk Hogan and the like to happen in that golden age. So, yeah, Gunther is incredible. And I do think that he's starting to show more personality. I do think we're getting better promos from him. I do think he's really coming to be that all-around kind of guy who just has a heavy focus on the mat being sacred. Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee. This was a last minute change because it was supposed to be Carlito. Carlito gets injured on Friday Night Smackdown, which, okay, I'm sorry, I'm having these tangents, so forgive me. But as soon as I mentioned Friday Night Smackdown, I want to take a minute to congratulate the WWE for something that they did. So WWE had an original configuration for Survivor Series, but the demand kept getting greater and greater and greater. And so as they did that, they opened up additional seats. What this caused for was a minimalist kind of staging. Now, we saw this minimalist kind of staging going back to Backlash, which was in Puerto Rico. And of course, that was the same kind of staging that we saw for the night before for SmackDown. And it just does something. It makes the building bigger because it is. And I think during Survivor Series, as I watched the layout of things, the design of things, you you don't really realize how many seats are taken up 
by the staging. So, I mean, it's really something. They packed 17,000 people in there. And to my understanding, that is the largest attendance and the largest gate WWE has had in that building. Now, that's a building that held the Survivor Series four years ago. That is a building that also held WrestleMania 22. So this is a really big deal. And it tells you how hot the WWE is. And I feel like in those arena settings... I'm starting to become more and more a fan of the minimal staging. Maybe we'll have a conversation about that on WWT Live or somewhere else, but there's something to be said. I do think that there is a place for a large set design, and maybe we reserve that for WrestleMania and larger PLEs or PLEs that are in stadiums, but for arenas to get more people in there, that minimalist staging is a win. A major, major win. Now then, back to Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee. A fantastic match. It's Dragon Lee's WWE PLE debut, which is amazing. I love seeing what's happening for Dragon Lee and the push that he's getting. Santos Escobar, outside of the LWO, sign me up. I miss the Santos Escobar of Legado del Fantasma. I miss the Santos Escobar that ran rough shot all over Lucha Underground. Give me that guy. And I think that's what we're about to get. And that's got championship material written all over him. What else can you say about Rhea Ripley? Rhea Ripley is without question the most dominant female in all of WWE. And I know the internet wrestling community gives her a hard time particularly because they say, you know, her title reign, she hasn't fought a lot of people. I, you know, more and more, I'm starting to separate my thought process from what the internet wrestling community thinks. And here's why. Because you have a Seth Rollins who is going out and trying to be the internet darling, meaning going out and having title defenses weekly or bi-weekly or maybe once a month, much more regularly than other world champions right now. And what's happening is fans look at his title as a secondary title to Roman's. So it's kind of like you can't win. Even though he is defending more than Roman right now, people still aren't looking at Seth as the guy. And I'm not talking about WWE. I'm talking about the IWC. With that said, Rhea Ripley is still the most dominant female in all of WWE, and I dare say all of pro wrestling. So shout out to her. And here's what's dangerous about Rhea. For all the controlling that she's doing for the Judgment Day, the fact that she can then decide to turn it on and become dominant against Zoe Stark. Zoe is amazing. Zoe is a future world champion, no doubt about it. Big shout to Mommy. Now then to this <laughs> War Games match. And the reason why I'm laughing is, you know, it's believed that last Monday night, they announced Randy Orton as the fifth member of the War Games team to quell any CM Punk rumors. But then we get here and we find out, wait, is Randy Orton actually even here? So now the question becomes, will it be Randy Orton? Could this really be CM Punk? Could it be someone else, right? And of course, we get down to that fifth and final person, and here comes Randy Orton. 
And I think all is right with the world because I want to be clear. A Randy Orton return is fine with everybody. Here's a guy who has been out for a year and a half. Many believed, he even believed that he might not be able to make a comeback. His back was in a bad situation. You're talking about a guy who had to have back surgery. Not a lot of people come back to pro wrestling from back surgery and have their first match inside of war games, no less. But not everybody's Randy Orton. Randy Orton looked amazing. The crowd went crazy had perhaps the best RKO we've ever seen, literally from the top of a cage. Like, gosh, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And I was fine. Let me just say why I was fine. I was fine because I think the internet wrestling community wanted this CM Punk thing to happen so bad that they were going to be ridiculously upset if it didn't happen but I wanted to get past it because I had resolved that it wasn't going to happen I was perfectly fine that it wasn't going to happen I listen CM Punk made his comeback in AEW it was what it was and I was okay with it you know it's kind of like there are certain moments in life that you just have to be okay with you have to be okay with the fact that we're never going to get Sting versus The Undertaker right all the opportunities we had to get it It's just not going to happen. There may be a couple of other dream matches. Like, for instance, Hogan and Flair in WWE. We're never going to get it. We should have gotten it in 91. We're never going to get it. That sounds like an En Vogue song, right? So we're not going to get it. And if we're not going to get it, sometimes we just have to breathe, take it in, settle it, right? That's where I was. And I was perfectly fine with the go-home shot of the Survivor Series, and then the music hit. And the wrestling world changed. (sighs) I'm just going to tell you now, you know, you guys know the way my brain has worked for the last couple of years. We've had fun doing end-of-the-year shows. You know, that's my favorite time of the year, reviewing this year. This year, we're going to have a hard fight trying to determine the number one story of 2023. At one point, you could have easily said it was the sale of WWE to endeavor to create TKO. Then there's another point where you could have said it's the firing of CM Punk from AEW or the return of CM Punk to AEW. But now, could the return of CM Punk to WWE trump all of that? We'll obviously have that discussion a little bit later in the year, but for right now, what a moment. When we start thinking about massive moments in Survivor Series history, there is Bret Hart's screw job, which for years is what Survivor Series was known for. There was the debut of The Rock, the debut of The Undertaker, the WWE debut of Sting, and that was a moment. The debut of The Shield, This CM Punk thing, whether you like him or not, and I will tell you, I have been on the fence with CM Punk. You know, I'm not one of those diehards. So, for instance, I was at WrestleMania 30 when CM Punk had originally walked out of WWE a couple of months prior, and people were hoping that he would return to the WWE then, and they chanted all throughout WrestleMania and all throughout the streets of New Orleans for CM Punk. 
I was kind of take it or leave it. When he showed up in AEW a couple of years ago, it was an undeniable moment. And I was here for whatever could happen. With all the problems that came after that, hard to say. But let me tell you, the excitement that I had was palpable. How could you not be excited about CM Punk coming back to the place he said he'd never come back to? Almost 10 years. Like, what is life right now? (laughs) Right? What is life right now? So... We've got to see what's going to happen with this. I can tell you that it's already out there that both CM Punk and Randy Orton are going to be on Monday Night Raw. Can you say can't miss TV? Yeah, I can say that and I will. What are your thoughts on the return of CM Punk? What are your thoughts on the Survivor Series as a whole? We're going to go pay a couple of bills when we come back. There is other news in pro wrestling and we will get to that when we come back. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown, and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content, but that I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Hey, wow. is taking How about that? Oh. Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. Lord, a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a been. Are you ready? Yes! Hey guys, before we hop back into the podcast, I want to let you know that you have the opportunity to wear the merch of hopefully your favorite commentator. That's right, I have merch available 
representing us here at The Faction and representing my journey. Lego. You've likely heard about my journey into pro wrestling, and if you haven't, I can sum it up in a couple of words. Uh-oh. It took me five seconds of courage to bet on me. So we've got great merch out there allowing you to tell the world about five seconds of courage and betting on you. you can check out that merch right now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Check out this new merch representing yours truly in the world of pro wrestling. Bet on you. Five seconds of courage. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. I know you're going to dig this. What's up, y'all? It's the Intergalactic Soul, the Honorable Brother, the Revolutionary Ourself, Darius Lockhart here. And I'm here with some exciting news on how you can watch our shape from home all across the globe. All you have to do is go to OurShapeWrestling.com and click on the tab, Watch Our Shape. There, starting at midnight, November 24th on Black Friday, there'll be a downloadable link available for purchase that will send you directly to the iShay live stream held on December 1st. From there, select your item. Click on the box, get your link. Check out using the cart located in the bottom right corner of your screen. Click check out, enter your form of payment information and complete your purchase. Once you're done, there'll be the option to download the item. Click this and download the PDF format attached, and once it opens, there'll be a link at the bottom sending you directly to the live stream of the first ever Ashe show. Simple enough? We'll get this. If you make your purchase on Black Friday weekend, you'll only have to pay $10 to watch Ashe online. Only $10 as a part of our Black Friday sale. Once the weekend ends on Monday, the pricing will go back to the official price of only $15, hopefully still an affordable price for you and your people to enjoy. I hope this is an easy process for everyone and that you join us either in the building or on our live stream December 1st for Ashe Wrestling with doors opening at 6.30 and our live stream starting at 7.30 p.m. I hope to see you there, Ashe. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks and you know I only do it one way and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. All right, so then, there is a lot of other news to talk about. I can't get to all of it, but I'm going to get to a couple of major moments. First, let's talk about the NWA. So, in case you have not been paying attention, recently, NXT has found a new television home for 2024 and beyond. For the next five years, beginning in 2024... NXT will be headed to the CW, making its mark for the first time ever on broadcast TV. So this left a lot of people asking, what about the NWA? After all, Billy Corgan went on to Busted Open Radio and said that the NWA had finally gotten a TV deal. It was a top 20 network. We would find out that it was the CW. Only then for NWA Sam Hain to happen, with the, well, I hate to say this, but the image of Father James Mitchell snorting coke. That allegedly was the thing that kind of tipped the scales and moved the NWA off of the CW in terms of television. But the NWA is still connected to the CW as NWA Power has now been added onto the CW app. 
The first eight episodes of season 15 are available to stream on the CW app. The earliest episode available to stream is from September the 5th, and the most recent one is from October the 24th. This was the go-home show for the infamous NWA Samhain pay-per-view. So if you're interested in checking out what's happening on the NWA on CW, you can go to the CW app and check that out there. Now, does this mean that that will be the extent of the NWA on CW? I don't know. My personal opinion is pro wrestling is a bit different than football or baseball or basketball. What I mean by that is football and baseball and basketball have one rather dominant league in the pros and then there's the college level. So on the college level, you know, we know there are different conferences, but it's clear that it's college basketball. When it comes to pro basketball, there's the NBA, the WNBA, and then there, you know, might be a couple of other leagues not that I'm fully aware of. But you can rest assured that the NBA would not be airing against a rival league on the same station. I think it would dilute the brand of basketball that the NBA wants to present. And then the other thing to think about, too, is with both basketball and football, these other leagues don't run directly against the NBA. So, for instance, let's talk about football. In the NFL right now, we know about other leagues like the XFL and the USFL. They're not running opposed the NFL right now. They will wait till the NFL season is over, and then they will air their product. Pro wrestling is different. Pro wrestling, all of the promotions are airing all the time. So I think CW could run a bit of confusion in terms of brand recognition if the NWA and NXT are both airing on their television screens. Just my thoughts. Would love to get your thoughts. Anyway, the NWA is on the CW app. If you're interested, you can check that out. And Of course, you can always check out current episodes of NWA Power on YouTube. Last but not least, AEW has announced a brand new tournament. The tournament is called the Continental Classic, and this comes on the heels of their latest pay-per-view full gear. So the idea of the Continental Classic is to present a round-robin tournament to American pro wrestling. This tournament, in my opinion, rivals what we see in New Japan where they had the G1, they currently have World Tag League, there are other tournaments that go on in New Japan, and those tournaments are round-robin tournaments. Those tournaments usually have more people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the Continental Classic is kind of built with that same model in mind. There are 12 competitors in two different leagues, the Gold League and the Blue League. Each league has six participants. Those six participants will have five matches, which means they will battle everyone ultimately in their league. We'll determine a finalist from the Gold League and a finalist from the Blue League. The two finalists from those leagues will be the two wrestlers with the most points. Those two will battle. The finals will take place at World's End, which is AEW's final pay-per-view of the year on December the 30th. That winner will become the Continental Classic champion. But interestingly enough, one of the men in this tournament is Eddie Kingston, who happens to be the Ring of Honor World Champion 
And he happens to be the New Japan Strong Openweight Champion. He has chosen to put those belts up for grabs as well. So whoever wins the Continental Classic will be deemed a Triple Crown Champion. Now, all the tournament matches have the same rules. 20-minute time limit. Everyone is banned from ringside. Three points for a win. One point for a draw. That's how it goes down. So the first set of matches happened this past week on both Dynamite and Collision. I'll tell you very briefly who's in both leagues, and we'll go from there. So in the Gold League for AEW, you have Jay White, John Moxley, Swerve Strickland, Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe, and Roosh. In the Blue League, you have Brody King, Claudio Castagnoli, Andrade El Idolo, Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston. So... Remember, the two winners will go on to face each other at World's End to become the Continental Classic, Ring of Honor, and New Japan Openweight Champion. So are you interested in this kind of tournament? I like the format of it. I'm a big fan of the G1. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how well we keep up and how well you keep up. Let me know your thoughts on this on the socials at Bonnerfied. And since we're talking AEW, we cannot gloss over the fact that last week, Ronda Rousey made her Ring of Honor debut. In case you haven't been watching, Ronda Rousey, it feels like, has been doing a tour of the indies, which is a shock to all of us. She was involved in PW Revolver, a huge, huge event there. And then the next night, found herself taping Ring of Honor which, again, was magnificent. It all happened in L.A. If you want to see that match, you can check it out on Ring of Honor's Honor Club. Yeah, it was amazing. You definitely want to see it. My understanding is that it was a one-time arrangement, so we won't necessarily look to see Ronda Rousey as a regular competitor in Ring of Honor. I'm going to argue and say this. Her tag match with Marina Shafir against Athena and Billy Starks. Definitely one of the best showings I've seen from Ronda Rousey ever. So it's worth checking out. And of course, if you are a subscriber to Honor Club, you'll be able to check out Ring of Honor's final pay-per-view of 2023. That is Final Battle, which takes place on Friday, December the 15th. All right, so before we get out of here, just a couple of reminders. First of all, make sure you're staying connected to what we're doing here at The Faction Show. You can also follow me at Bonnerfied. Lots of places you can find me on the podcast circuit. You can find me on WWT Live as part of Women's Wrestling Talk, airing Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern. We are live on the Women's Wrestling Talk YouTube channel. You can also find me on Tuesdays as part of Wrestle Extra with my good UK brothers, A Dazzle of the Black Wrestling Alliance and Mex, aka WrestleManiac. We're talking all things in black wrestling every Tuesday, which is very, very awesome. You can also check me out on the Southern Honor Wrestling Podcast, which airs every Friday, the official podcast of Southern Honor Wrestling, airing Fridays, 6 p.m. Eastern. So lots of places to check me out in addition to what we're doing here on The Faction. And of course, This coming Friday night, December the 1st, I'll be making my debut with Ashe Wrestling in Charlotte, North Carolina, an incredible card curated by the 
intergalactic soul, the one and only Darius Lockhart. Really excited about this one. And it's going to be amazing. The main event is Trish Adora against Aja Kong. There are so many other incredible matches that are happening there at ASEAN. You can actually stream it live if you're not going to be able to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can stream it live. Head to the website ashewrestling.com. That's A-S-E wrestling. ashewrestling.com. You can check out the stream and you'll likely see a very familiar face this Friday night, December the 1st. All right, guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. It's a supersized edition, but... It's been a supersized week in wrestling, and there will be plenty more. We've got video content coming. We've got all sorts of things coming, and we'll obviously start getting into the conversation in terms of the biggest events of 2023. I'd love to get your thoughts on those, and uh, we'll probably put a post up about that. We'd love for you to interact with that, and we'll make sure we talk about those specific items on a future episode of the podcast. Until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. Shut up!